welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast, where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. Today, we have an amazing episode in store for you. I have Jeffrey Moss, the founder and CEO of Parker Dewey. And I found out part about Parker Dewey not too long ago, but when I really started doing some research on the company, I was extremely impressed because I thought this is a perfect solution for students. And I'm actually going to let Jeffrey talk a little bit about himself and what Parker Dewey does. So Jeffrey, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Daniel. How are you? I am excited. I am pumped. I am. This has been an amazing week for me. So I couldn't. I've been looking forward to this interview for about a couple of weeks now. But tell me, how has your week going? You're in Chicago, correct? I'm in Chicago, and it's going great. But clearly, not as great as yours. I wish I had your level of excitement. I'm excited. Just well, first of all, right now when we're recording this, not when it comes out, but when we record it, right now we have uh, the hurricane was supposed to come towards Orlando, um, and it kind of avoided us. And so, yep, it's been a quiet day, which has allowed me to be very productive because a lot of offices are closed, and yet we didn't have a, a big part of the storm. We just had a lot of rain, which is kind of normal. But and then my book launched. And so that's exciting. And so overall, it's just been a congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and in your company and why you decided to start it. And what is the problem that the, co- the company solves? Yeah. So um, my background is actually in venture capital. I spent about 20 years as an investor with a big focus on education. And one of the things I was seeing was that students are graduating from college and if they don't have the right academic pedigree, if they didn't go to the right school or have the right major GPA or family connections, it's really hard for them to get that first job or that internship. And I had gotten to know so many of these students over the years who were absolutely amazing. They were wicked smart. They were hardworking. They had the grit, but they were getting filtered out for the wrong reasons. And what we recognized was over the past five years in particular, companies have gotten more comfortable with the so-called gig economy. They're more comfortable letting individuals outside the four walls of their organization do professional work for them. And having gotten to know so many of these students, we recognized why not provide those opportunities to college students? Why not take this acceptance by companies and instead of having giggers who are doing it as a side hustle or doing it overseas, why not let college students work on these short-term paid professional projects for companies? And what it would do is do a couple of things. First of all, for companies, it helped them still get work done, but it also helped them get to know students who they might otherwise be missing. And for college students, yeah, they get paid, but more important from what we've heard from the students is this opportunity to get their foot in the door, this opportunity to explore career paths, to build relationships, and really start to figure out what they want to do when they graduate college, to think about different industries or different roles or different companies and really build those relationships through real professional experiences. I think that's really amazing because it really allows students to start gaining experience and start exploring on 
maybe what's important to them, what they're really going to like, because I think a big dilemma is, or a question that students have is how do I get experience? Like, how do I get an internship if they require yeah. an internship? And I think doing micro internships, it allows you to do that. Yeah. And, and you bring up a great point. Um, it's sort of that chicken and egg problem of, um, you see the, the typical entry-level job posting for a college student with certain responsibilities that says prior experience required. So how do you get around that? So that's certainly part of it. And what we recognize is through project-based work, companies are less focused on how many prior experiences a student had. They're less focused on a specific major GPA because it's an individual project. And they're more willing to, in their words, give a shot or take a chance on someone who may not come from the typical background or experience. The other thing we hear so much is that students are saying, I'm a philosophy major. I don't see companies that have an open entry level position with the job title of philosopher. What am I supposed to do? And they recognize that these micro internships let them really explore career paths and see that translation those crosswalks between those skills they're learning in classes like philosophy or history or English or the languages or other sciences and see how those apply to the quote unquote real world. That as a philosophy student, you know how to research, you know how to communicate effectively, how to craft an argument. Those skills aren't required to be a philosopher necessarily, but they are required for marketing or strategy or finance roles. And again, what we're trying to do is help the students see that both so they can understand where their interests are, but also to demonstrate their skills to prospective employers. And have you found a lot of those micro internships lead to either long-term internships or full-time job offers? They do uh, in both cases. So we don't, we're not suggesting that micro internship should replace the traditional 10 week summer internship and certainly not the full time role. What we're seeing is students and companies are using these micro internships almost as a pathway where they're being done year round to again provide this mutual audition. So to be clear, it's not just the company necessarily auditioning the student for lack of a better term to see if Daniel has the right skills, but it's also providing a student like Daniel to get to know the company and see if the fit is right. So you can say, oh, I thought I wanted to do a startup, but I worked on a great project for a big company and it was super interesting. That's a good thing. What we are also seeing is, again, in some cases, it's leading to internships and full-time roles with those specific companies. So you do a project with Microsoft, there's a mutual fit, a desire for it to transition to an internship or full-time role, great. But actually, the best case scenario is you do five or 10 or 20 different micro internships throughout your entire academic experience with different companies and different industries and different roles. And then ultimately, when you go into that interview process for a full-time position, you can really hone in on what your interests are. And you have that opportunity because you have that context and experience set from this series of micro internships. So let's put it in a, if I'm a student, or what are you seeing when you're looking at the data, when you're seeing students, how many, inter how many micro internships is average student really being able to complete in a semester time frame? And one, one, I guess I'll ask that question first. No, it really depends. I mean, we've seen students where they apply to a single micro internship and get selected and do a great job, and that's it. And maybe it leads to an internship or full-time role. 
And that happens. Um, again, I'm not sure that's the best case. We're seeing other students where they work on five or 10 of these during a semester. Uh, 10 might be a lot for a semester. We've seen it. I think the best case is they're working on a handful throughout the semester, not necessarily concurrently, but sort of based upon the ebbs and flows of the academic calendar. So obviously during dead week or finals week, they're probably not working on any, but we certainly have sort of those ebbs and flows of the class schedule where they'll work on two or three of these. And again, really hone in. And so make this clear, these are paid, right? And these are not free micro internships. These are paid. And how does that process work? How does a student get micro internships? They go to your website and what's yeah. next? Yeah, so the way the process works is they'll create an account on parkerdewey.com. It takes about five minutes. We ask students to fill in basic information about themselves, their name, where they go to school, major, prior work experience. Again, it's a lot of the same information that they're including on their LinkedIn profile or their resume. But to let you and the, the listeners in a little secret, we ask students to fill in this information because it really democratizes the process that some number of students will say, eh, I'm not willing to fill this in, or I don't want to fill it in now, or when they fill in the information, it's riddled with typos or grammatical errors. Those things send a signal. And again, that's important. We like the fact that this democratizes the process for all students. Anyway, they create a profile, and they'll see the specific micro-internships that are available at any given point in time. They'll see who the client is, what the description of the project is, when it starts, when it's due, about how many hours it's estimated to take, and how much they'll be paid. They're paid a fixed amount upon completion. So whether, if, if the project's estimated to take 20 hours, whether it takes them 18 or 20 hours or 21 hours, they're being paid that same amount upon completion. And that's important to know going into it for the students. They'll decide if they're interested, if they have the time, if they think they have the right skills, if they are. They apply to the micro-internship. Again, it takes about five minutes. Every one of these micro-internships, the companies will ask a question or do typically something like, why are you interested in this? Or why should we select you? Or how would you approach the problem? And what that does is it further democratizes the process because one, students can't just click, click, click through and apply to everything. We want students to actually think about this beforehand. And secondly, these short answer questions really, again, level the playing field. They put everyone on sort of an equal footing so that companies aren't making a selection based upon GPA or major or those other things. Um, so they'll get selected. They'll work directly with the company. When the project's done, they're paid directly by Parker Dewey. So they don't have to worry about playing collections agent. And then if it turns into something more, if there's a mutual fit and a desire to um, to transition to a traditional internship or full-time role, great. There's no fees for the students, there's no fees for the colleges, and there's no fees for the companies. So again, it's not like a staffing firm model or the traditional gig economy companies where there's actually a disincentive to hire. We're the opposite. We create this whole model to get students off the platform. It's funny, one of the students actually equated it to um, one of the dating apps, I can't remember which one, but where they talk about their motto being, we're designed to have you delete our app. We want, we want people to find their proverbial love connection. That, that's, that's awesome. You know what, I think it's the biggest advantage for students, and if I were a college student, or the reason why I would tell a college student to do this is because 
every university has relation has a career service department and that career service department has established relationship with employers most of the time they're local employers around their university but and the students that go to colleges generally only see what's available based on what they have access to in their handshake or whatever their university uses is but you have access to so many other companies that are nationwide and there are opportunities that students might not have even known existed because companies have limited resources on the amount of colleges that they can recruit from. Generally, they're recruiting from the same 20 universities. And colleges have an amount, they also have a limited resources in the staff that they can, they're doing outreach. And so you're all, you have the same students in a, in a particular college applying for the same jobs and missing out on so many opportunities that they, they didn't even know it existed. But because of your platform, they can test out companies that will never set foot on your, on, on your college campuses because they're only recruiting either at their local universities or at top tier universities. Yeah, I mean, we see a lot of that. Um, and again, it, there's a benefit to both sides. So again, for the student, it lets them access companies where they're not recruiting on campus, but it even helps them deepen relationships with those who are already on their campus and really hone in on where their interests are. I mean, it's, uh, campus recruiting is tough for the employers because they're getting thousands of applicants for every position and they wind up filtering out based upon, again, traditional models of GPA or where you went to school. This truly levels the playing field. The other thing we've actually seen more and more students doing, which has been super interesting to me, is they're actually using this micro-internship as a concept to engage new employers and engage alumni, where, for instance, a student might be attending a school where, um, where, where PepsiCo doesn't yet recruit for whatever reason, and the student will reach out to an alumnus from, from his or her school and say, hey, Daniel, I, I know you graduate from this school and you're working at Pepsi. I'm dying to get my foot in the door at Pepsi. Can I work on a micro internship for you? Can I work on a short term project for you? And for me as the student, it's going to give me invaluable experience and help me get in the door. For you at, at the company, it's giving you access to a college student who can help you with a project that you have on your plate anyway. It's going to let you give back to the university and to the student by giving me the opportunity to work on this. And by the way, it might lead to a new hire. There might be a great fit there, and you're able to identify the great new employee. And because of the way we structured uh, Parker Dewey, companies are able to do this, or busy professionals are able to do this without necessarily having to um, completely rearrange their campus recruiting efforts or anything, because this just complements it. It fits right in. And for the company side, does how do they pay the students? Does that generally come out of their campus recruitment budget, or is that... Is that more out of their, you know, operating budget, depending on the department? Yeah, it's, a, it's an insightful question, and the answer is yes. It really depends on the company. So we see a lot of companies where it's coming out of the departmental budget, where, again, in that example, someone in marketing, someone in sales has a project-based need, and they want to use Parker Dewey to engage a college student to help. And again, it might turn into a great fit where that student then fits into the campus recruiting pipeline, if you will. At other companies, we're seeing it more and more where this is actually integrated into their campus recruiting efforts, where they look at how much they spend on campus recruiting. 
So the host and info session on campus or the host a cocktail hour could be ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars potentially for companies. For that same ten grand, they could provide opportunities to twenty or thirty college students from that campus to actually work on real assignments for them. So not only is the hiring manager getting the benefit of um, of getting the work done, more importantly, from a campus recruiting perspective, this lets me access students I might be missing. This lets me build my brand with students who might not be thinking about my organization or my company or a role at my company. This lets me drive diversity and inclusion. This lets me build relationships early ahead of the campus recruiting time. And again, all of those things are vital. And we've talked with some very, very large companies where they may have a really strong public-facing consumer brand, where everyone knows this company's name. However, students aren't necessarily thinking about job opportunities there. They're not necessarily thinking about it as a potential employer because they have such deep um, consumer relationships. We see this a lot in financial services, where the big banks talk about the fact that they have difficulty recruiting uh, technology professionals or marketing or otherwise at the entry level because students may not realize that these big banks have such incredible technology or strategy. Here's a way to introduce themselves to students in a different way. Yeah, it makes sense because like, especially when it comes to the, you know, computer science or engineering, every company nowadays is a technology company. Um, and it's just, and they have a huge IT department. So well, I guess, and so many, and, and just as a quick aside, what's interesting about uh, computer science in particular is so many of the companies are saying we're looking for technologists, but they're only recruiting computer science majors or some derivative. But what about the philosophy or history major that might be coding in Python sort of on the side as a hobby? They're completely missing out on that individual. It's an untapped talent pool. And again, we're trying to provide an easy way for companies to access that pool and do it in a democratic way so that those students can also access the opportunities. And for students, you know, that might be listening to this podcast and are, you know, a little afraid that they might not be qualified or they might not be the, good enough to, uh, uh, you know, attain some of those micro internships. Like, do you see how many students are generally applying for a micro internship is there a ratio and then secondly how does a student get started how, is there a way to increase the odds for them to get noticed yeah um first of all there's no there's no magic number as far as the number of students who apply um for each project it's really all over the board and a lot of it has to do with how long the project is posted for before a company selects um, and this is why, again, we want the student to have a little bit of skin in the game. We want them to spend five minutes applying, but we don't want them to spend a half hour. That's too long. Um, but there's no magic number. I wish there was a, a, a better, more direct answer. We've been trying to track it, and it's all over the place. Secondly, when students see micro-internships on the site, they may not recognize how many are actually there. So if a company like Microsoft may post a micro-internship, but they're actually looking to select five or 10 or 20 or 100 different students to work on it, the student may not see that. They'll just see it as a single micro-internship, but again, a company may be picking uh, 20 or 50 different students. Um, as far as um, having the confidence to um, know that they'll do a great job, that's one of the great pieces of feedback we've actually gotten from students. Because that was one of those, those benefits I hadn't thought about 
when we first launched this. So we'll hear from students over and over and over again that they were going to career fairs and they felt like um, they were being outmatched by others on their campus. They didn't have the confidence. They didn't have um, sort of that, that comfort level. And they're finding that through these projects, it's really a great way to build that level of confidence. In fact, there was an article written by uh, Noel. He's a Dell Scholar, first-generation college student, um, and he talks specifically about the fact that the micro-internships gave him tremendous confidence in his full-time recruiting process. And he went as someone who wasn't even getting interviews to having more interviews and job offers than anyone else on campus. So the students need to remember that we behind the scenes have done a ton of work with the employers to manage expectations. The employers know these are college students. They recognize that. And the micro-internships have specifically been designed so that college students, irrespective of background, can be wildly successful on them. That, that's amazing. That is, that is incredible. That is one thing I wish there was when I was a college student, the opportunity to do micro-internships. I think for any student, you and me both, right? I'm glad you guys are doing this now. I really do believe that, you know, and when I talk about it, like in my book, I have to assess, acquire and achieve. If you're in that spot where you're lost, like you don't understand. I talk about how one of the first internships that I did was with a company in, in, in online marketing. And back then online marketing was all about SEO. So it was all about writing as much content as you can and, and putting keywords all over the place. And I'm just not a good writer. And I wish I would have, you know, experimented and have done micro internships before having committed uh, 10 weeks to an internship, which me and the employer both knew that it wasn't a good fit. And so they could have had a better student. I could have had a different company and it wasn't that it was a bad company. It just wasn't a good fit for my skill set. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was my exact experience when I was a summer intern. Again, I'm much older than you, uh, but I worked at a public accounting firm called Coopers and Librand, which is now part of PwC. And the first week of a 10-week internship, I realized it wasn't the right fit for me. Great opportunity. I was, I was so thrilled to have gotten it, but I sort of wasted the next nine weeks, and, and they sort of wasted the next nine weeks on me. And by the way, as a college student, I then went back to school so beginning my senior year, and I had one data point of one thing I didn't think um, would, be the right, would be the right fit. And that was it. And I sort of was starting almost from scratch because, again, I didn't, I, I didn't know what would be good. And by the way, even me writing off Coopers and Libran based upon that first week wasn't necessarily a good decision either because I didn't have the context to know what else I should be comparing it to. How much more powerful would it have been if – freshman, sophomore, junior year, I had an opportunity to do a variety of different projects and start to figure out, do I want to do accounting or finance or marketing or something else? There were a whole bunch of opportunities. I didn't even consider that I probably should have. Yeah, that, that is definitely a big advantage with, you know, being able to test drive multiple cars with this model. Jeffrey, you know, we're, we're definitely gearing down to, you know, the 30 minutes out for the podcast, but I do want to have one last question question for you. If there's one thing that you would want students to take away from this episode, what would you hope that would be? Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's um, sort of that they can control, they can control their destiny and control their future and take ownership of it. Um, the process of getting that first job out of college is incredibly difficult. 
And I don't care whether you're at an Ivy League college and you have a 3-9 or whether you're at a less selective college. I don't care whether you're the first in your family to go to college or, or someone whose name is on the proverbial library. It is a difficult process for everyone. It's difficult getting in the door. It's difficult exploring and understanding all of the different career options out there. And there's a variety of different challenges. And what's great is that as college students, you can, can take control of that. You can take ownership for exploring what is the right career path. The playing field, it's not, it's not perfectly level yet. And there's certainly individuals who have a variety of advantages. But what we're trying to do is help level it and give everyone who wants to the opportunity to take control of their career and put their best foot forward and build the relationships and really explore so they can find that right career path. Definitely. So if students want to learn more and they have questions, what is the best way for students to learn more about uh, Parker Dewey and how do they register? Yeah, if they just visit ParkerDewey.com, it's P-A-R-K-E-R. B-E-W-E-Y.com. They can learn all about us. We're incredibly transparent. We highlight what the value proposition is to the students, to the employers, to the college and university partners very clearly on the website. There's also a ton of content on there for students around best practices and other suggestions so they can get the most out of it. Uh, And not just the most out of micro internships, but really to think about that career exploration and landing that right first job. That's, that's ultimately what we're trying to do is, is we're, not, we're not the answer to any of it. We're not the silver bullet, but we're, we're one step in a larger um, portfolio of things students need to do to ensure they have the best outcomes upon graduation. No, and thank you so much for your, the transparency and for even building this company. Um, I, I feel the same way for me. That's my goal, too, is how do I help students transition, master their transition from college to career? And it's like the same thing. They can go through my book. They can go through my online academy. That's not the solution for everybody. And it's, it's, it's definitely a guide. It's a guide and there's a step-by-step. But I will never be able to replace what you guys do. Like, I'll never be able to replace oh, what internship does. It, it's all, it's oh. all the resources that are out there for students. Exactly. And, and again, having read your book last week when you sent it to me, first of all, I think it's incredible. And I think students, every student would find value in it. There's so many different, different points, whether it's around the three A's that you highlighted before, whether it's around best practices for the LinkedIn profile. I think all of these things are about individual students, again, taking ownership for the career path, not just sort of getting caught in the wave recognizing that they need to be the ones who own their LinkedIn profile, who own their resume. They need to find ways to engage with alum, uh, alumnus or alumni at their schools. I can never remember what the right term is, alumnus versus alumni. But they, they need to find those ways. And what's nice, as a college student, you're in this unique period where you have so many individuals and organizations that want to support you, whether it's the career services department on your campus, whether it's a network of alumnus from your school, whether it's various professors and faculty members, take ownership forward and, and use those opportunities to really launch your career. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any, any other way. Thank you so much for reading the book. And thank you. Fun. Jeffrey, this has been an amazing episode. Students, thank you so much for listening. Um, I have under show notes, you can go, there's a, a link to the website so you can guys learn more, a little bit more about Parker Dewey, signing up um, to do your own micro internships and catch you guys on the next episode.
If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career. Doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.